going to be talking community. Why, why we, specifically why we do belong and why we don't belong. We'll start with why we don't belong first so we can end on a high note. Amen? Amen. And so the truth is everybody wants to be in community. Everybody wants to belong to something. There are all types of, of social things that we do. And because we're disconnected socially, I believe that a lot of us find fulfillment in that on Instagram and social media, right? And the average teenager would tell you if they don't get 100 likes on one of their posts, they feel like failures and like nobody likes them. And this puts them on like suicide watch and all kinds of just heavy, depressing stuff. And that's, that's socially. But there's a need for us to be in community. That's why there's fantasy football leagues and you name it. It's there, right? Um, I think I was in Breckenridge earlier this year. No, I wasn't. It's early in the year. <laughs> Last year, later in the year, and there were just like, there was like 400 cyclists coming through. And I was like, geez, okay, like go. And there's... Those guys, I think we find that ourselves, find ourselves that we want to be part of a group. And just because there were 400 cyclists together doesn't mean they were necessarily a group. They're part of something and they, and they want to belong, but we find a commonality to come together, right? And so then from recreation to the gym to fantasy football to online gaming, right? We need community. God created you for community. It's why he created Eve. He said, it's not good for man to be alone. I should give him this woman and she'll keep him on the straight and narrow. And all the ladies said, Amen. <laughs> And so let's first address the reason that we feel like we do not belong. Why do I feel like I don't belong? Because at one time or another, I think we've all felt like we don't fit. Um, this isn't my group. They won't like me, right? Isn't that the biggest fear? Like, they're not going to like me, yes. right? And so then um, for, me, for me, I had this growing up, and it was really rooted in perfection. Not good enough. Not good enough. Anybody... You don't have to show me your hand. If you've battled not good enough, I think you're going to be able to relate to this message very well. And so I battled perfection then, and sometimes I still do. I really still do. Um, I battled it can always be better, meaning it's not good enough. And um, I'm, I was not in the military, but we have so many family members who are in the military. And my grandpa was in the Navy. So many people in the Navy. Heather's brother's in the Navy right now. I have a nephew in the Marines. And they have this saying says this, anything worth doing is worth overdoing. Man, I love that. I love that. And I, I took that and I partnered with a scripture that says, if, if a man asks you to go one mile, go two. I love to go two. Two's the best. Two's where you put all the finishing touches on it. Going two is like, it's amazing, right? And so then the reality in that is people wouldn't even ask me to go half a mile, but I would go two anyways just because I loved it. I loved it. And the reality of that is it was rooted in acceptance. I needed, I needed to know that you liked what I did for you. I had to know that it was good enough. And I was looking around to make sure that everybody else was okay with what I was doing instead of just believing it was good enough or that I was good enough. I had a hard time being content. This is the first word that God really challenged me with, content. The Bible says godliness with contentment is great gain, but here's what I heard content as. Settling. Taking your foot off the gas. That's what, can't you just be content? I can't tell you how many times I was challenged with that in ministry and be like, no, we're going to, man. We're going to go too, and this is going to be perfect. And that's false, but man, we sure like to try, don't we? And so um, as I battled, as I battled with contentment, I, I remember looking up the definition of content and realizing that it's the exact opposite of what I thought it means. It doesn't mean to settle. As a matter of fact, it means to be fulfilled. It means to be fulfilled, that you are so full 
that it's all good. That it's all good. By the way, I struggle with um, perfection in my message prep too, by the way. And so there's a, there's a picture. This is what I typically feel like on Wednesday night when I'm honing my message down. I'm trying to squeeze everything that I, that I have into this little bitty, I don't know if that's a Prius or whatever it is. God bless the Prius drivers of the world. And so with this, uh, I had a buddy send me this picture this week. He's, he's in Kansas. He's prepping a message. And, and here's what the, the photo, there's a caption that I couldn't include, but it says, this is an actual photo of your pastor trying to cram all of the incredible biblical insight that he's gathered over this week into less than 30 minutes. This is what the average pastor does. You know, it said that passion drives perfection. And I think that we can all kind of relate to that. But really, foolishness drives perfection because it's, it's a moving target. It's a moving target. And those who seek perfection never find fulfillment because they're constantly looking through the eyes of shoulda, coulda, woulda. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. And then they, they, limit, they let that limit them or we let that limit us right? And we let it dictate where we're going to go, what we're going to do, and who we're going to be around. And if, if what we've decided doesn't fit the group of people we're going to be with or the thing we're going to do, we just say, ah, I, I better not, right? Now, how many of you growing up did something to belong? You made a decision. You did something crazy. Come on. We all did, right? And here's the thing about that. We did that, right, to be a part to belong, right? And some of you in here, I'm not going to ask you to show your hands. I, I'm going to actually tell myself today, but some of you did something that you regret to this day, just so you could be a part of a group, be a part of a club. And what's unique is as kids, we do these things and they only cost us physically, right? When we're younger, it's just a physical cost. When we get older, it's financial. We become part of Sam's club, the gun club, the golf club, the country club, right? And in college, we become parts of sororities and all kinds of groups. And, and we're, we're, we're taking and making, you know, the sacrifice that you make. I was not in a fraternity, so I can't tell you the, any side of that. But um, I know there are, phys- there are physical costs to being in a club, right? And then as we become adults, we're like, hey, we should charge people for that. And so that's what we do. And so if you pay to be in a club, I pay to be in a health club. It's just where you go and where you belong. And this is where, this is my gym, right? And so then, when you think about those things that you did to belong, just think about what did it cost you? What was the thought process behind it? Because I feel like many of the things that we do to belong, many of the things we did, like today, people do stuff for attention and they post it online. We didn't do stuff for attention when we were younger. We did it to belong. It wasn't about how many people we get to watch it or to get people talking about it. It was so that we could be a part. And today, it's, it's different than it was then. Then it was just to belong. So then, that ended up leading to lots of trips to the emergency room. I can't tell you how many trips to the emergency room there have been that have been preceded by the words, hey, watch this. <laughs> hey, watch this. Right? Just... And now people can say, hey, watch this online, right? And so, and you can just scroll through all the, hey, watch this you want. And so I can remember jumping my bike into a pond. And, and here's the thing. If, if you have that scripture or that, that picture, Ryan, um, this is a picture of a picture. This is where we are in technology, okay? This is me and three of my friends. And re- this is moments before I said, hey, watch this. And if you look at my ramp off, off of the dock, it's, it's not set up for backflips, but I was going to be the first one to pull the backflip, okay? 
That trajectory's off. It's all, it's all messed up. And after watching hundreds of X games, I can tell you there's no way anybody's pulling a backflip off of that if those buckets stay, okay? <laughs> Which they didn't. And so uh, as I come off the ramp, I'm going to do a backflip. And I remember flipping my bike up, and my body didn't go with it because I was a husky male, okay? <laughs> and the bike comes down. It breaks the second toe on my left foot. And you think my parents took me to the emergency room? No, we ain't got money for that, okay? You're going to strap a board on your foot. You're going to walk around. You'll be fine. And Monday, I was at school with a broken foot, and it was amazing. And so then maybe for you it wasn't a backflip. Maybe for you it wasn't uh, a, hey, watch this. But I just want to jog your memory this morning, take you down the memory lane a little bit, and let you think about some of the stuff you did to belong. And so all that for a little bit of acceptance, approval, a little, a little bit of attention. Get your eyes on me for just a minute. And, and why? To say that you did, right? To say that you did. And the goal was not, like I said, giving people something to talk about or giving something, people something to remember. The goal was to belong. The goal was to belong. And how many of you know all of that that you just saw was unnecessary? It was unnecessary. We didn't believe it at the time. Maybe ignorance, maybe immaturity, but we just didn't believe it at the time. And so why do you think we battle not good enough? When we battle not good enough, it's really the opposite of that is perfect. We like perfect, and we want perfect. And, my, and some of us might say, I don't like perfect. But the reality is, I was talking to Heather about this this week, and, and I said, man, I really feel like it's, a, it's such a battle to live in because we like, we like good, but good has become boring, hasn't it? And now good is not good enough, which is, means we want perfect. And Heather says, if you get, we were talking, she said, if you get caught up in what you lack, you'll never see God for all he has for you. You'll never see all that God has for you if you're only caught up in what you lack and what's not good enough. And reality is true. You're going to believe the father of light the father of truth, or are you going to believe the father of darkness and the father of lies? And that's all it is, right? We all know that perfect is the enemy of good, yet we still want more than good. We just have to have a little bit more. We live in a time where more, 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 more. Everybody say more. more. Just more. And so then the reality is, though, striving for perfection causes anxiety and disapproval in yourself and your flaws. You can see your imperfections. And the reality of that is this. Then we believe everybody around us knows those, and they know everything about them. And so then we exclude ourselves before we're ever included, before we're ever invited. We just can't go because of what we're telling ourselves, because we're believing a lie. Striving for perfection causes insecurity, and it makes it difficult for you to accept yourself as is. But God said you're good enough. But we don't like good enough. We just like a little more, right? And the reason is it's, it's largely due to how flooded we are with perfection in our social feed, in marketing, in the stuff we watch online, online presentations, TED Talks. Do you got, anybody remember when TED Talks first started? They were boring, right? And now they have haze and lights and props and sound, and they're like, can't wait. Why? They obviously made, they went to, Right? They made it better. And the sad part is that in all the stuff that we see on our screen, we don't see the illusion. We don't see the preparation of that event, of that post, of that ad. We don't see the hours or the years that people are putting into these presentations. Right? Social media is only going to show you the moment, right? Or the outfit, 
or the time that the person wants you to see. Marketing, ad, ad, the people who create ads are paid to get you to like what they are presenting. It's going to be better. That's why everything's the best. doesn't matter what you read about. We're the best. Marketing, right? They're paid. They are paid. Online presentations are given by some of the most gifted people. TikTok, they've rehearsed that dance 73,000 times. You just get to see the 73,001, right? And the reality is if you were to ask the Instagrammer or the TikToker or the marketing guy, marketing girl, or the presenter, and you would say, if, if I were to ask Pastor Rob right now, was your last message perfect? They would say, no. No, it wasn't because they lived it. I'm going to go home today and know what I mispronounced, what scripture I left out. I'm going to go home today and know everything that I did wrong. So I will never think that it's perfect. But what do we see? The illusion, right? Perfect. Perfect. And a lot of people see striving for perfect as good because it's motivating, right? Because it's hard to get to. And so people who are driven like that. And striving for perfection and, and being detail-oriented is really good. And it's easy to hide behind because you're working. Hey, I'm busy, right? And the truth is when you, when you push for that and you fail, all you do is see yourself as a failure and back to square one. You're back to square one. And so the thought that you don't belong is simply that. It's just a thought that you choose to act on. It's a lie from the enemy that he's given to you because he likes you busy. Why? If you're busy, you're not a threat to the kingdom of God. It's two things. I can tell you a lie or I can scare the crap out of you. That's what the devil likes to do. If I can get you to, to cuddle up in the fetal position in the corner, you're not a threat to the kingdom. And if I can make you busy, that was me. I was busy. If I can make you busy, you're not a threat. You're not a threat. And so in Hebrews 10, 14, this is kind of our core scripture. We're parking on this today. Get this. For by one single offering, one single offering, he has perfected, he has perfected, that's an ED, forever those being sanctified. If you call Jesus Savior, you've been perfected forever. Yes. Amen. Well, it's not the response I was expecting. Okay? I've gotten many arguments about this. Jesus made you perfect. Jesus made you perfect. Now, growing up, I was told and challenged on a regular basis, you think you're perfect? You're not perfect. And I think that all of us could own that today and be like, no, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. But I believe that God wants to argue that with you today in a really, really sweet way. In a really sweet way, right? And instead of struggling, struggling with perfection and not good enough, what if you embraced who you were and let God do his part? What if you let God do his part instead of trying to work for it? When you think of the word perfection, you might think of those you know, or you might think of yourself. And you might think of those people who are OCD, hard to work with. You know anybody like that? <laughs> And the problem with perfect is it's a moving target. It changes. It changes every day. Man, once I learned this, it changed my life. Because things that I saw as perfect today, tomorrow when I see them, they're not perfect anymore. Why? I've had time to compare. I've had time to pick them apart. I've had time to, to think about why they aren't good or why they won't work. Right? Your opinion can be completely different from one time to another because perfect is a moving target because it's all in your head. And so then... What does it have to do with how God sees you and how you see yourself? 
And this is it. We look at that Hebrews and we say, because I'm perfected through Jesus, because I'm perfected through Jesus, God accepts me, which means I belong. That means I belong. That means community is mine. I just need to go, right? And so then we're to accept Jesus. Once we accept Jesus, perfection happens. You're washed in the blood, like scripture says, right? And because of that, and because perfection takes place, now God sees you through the eyes of his son. Holy, righteous, blameless. When you accept and receive what Jesus did, you are now seen as perfect from the Father. We're going to go a little bit deeper in this. The reality is we're all born imperfect. Nobody here is born perfect, period. Jesus perfects us. So we hold fast to our position in that and not of the world, which means truth, truth trumps media. Truth trumps perfection. It's the truth. We live in truth. You ever think of how quickly Adam and Eve felt like they did not belong? As soon as they sinned, they immediately covered up and hid. God comes looking for them, and they're like, like, like he can't see them. He's omnipresent, so he can, but they hide. And, and they immediately feel like, one, they don't belong to God. They don't belong in the garden. Guys, this is the beginning of time, and they don't belong to each other. This is what sin does. It creates separation. And they went from perfect to imperfect by the taste of an apple. Sin causes us to feel like we don't belong, and it causes us to feel afraid. They were afraid. Why? This is the guy who just gave them everything. So the known were born imperfect. I want to give you two scriptures to kind of park on Old Testament, New Testament. The Old Testament says, your iniquities have separated you from God. That's in Isaiah. And the New Testament is Romans 3. It says, all have fell short from the glorious standard of God. All have came just a little bit short of the standard. Everybody. Everybody. And so then, you can say this morning that you aren't perfect, but that doesn't mean that you cannot be real. And that's what Romans 3 is. We've all fell short of the standard. We were all imperfect, born imperfect, right? You can think that you're not perfect, but that doesn't mean that you can't be real. That you can't be real. And that's really all it takes here. That's what I love about gathering. We just gathered as believers. We're all here for the same reason. Amen? And so you know that God is perfect, right? Everybody says yes. yes. Isn't that part of our fear of not belonging to him? He's perfect and I'm not. And knowing that we're not makes us a little bit timid. It makes us feel like we don't belong, like we can't come into his presence, like we can't come to church, like we can't gather in community because he's perfect and I'm not. Well, they didn't have the week I had, so I better just stay home this week. That's the worst thing you can do. It's the worst thing you can do. Well, they're better than me because they X. You created that, not them. Not them. And the reality is, is people might live by a different standard or they, ha they might have greater values or better values. I had um, a family member one time tell me, you think you're better than me. It was, it was a heated conversation. And I said, no, no, no. I just choose to live by a different standard than you. I just expect more of myself because I know who saved me. Right? And so then, isn't this where we gather to increase those values, to raise the standard, to become better believers? This is where we come and do that. So staying home then doesn't allow that to happen. It just allows our self-talk to beat us up. And then we stay cuddled up, you know, in bed in fear of what people might think. And nobody knows anything. All we're here to do is to gather and love on people and lead them to Jesus. And so then, 
So then why do you belong is John 3.16. But I don't want to just park there because it's good news. You know that Jesus was perfect. So we know God's perfect. Jesus is perfect. The perfect one came. That's really good news today. So now is where we turn and we, we make it all positive, right? And so it's tough to grasp what the Bible's saying here. The Bible said that Jesus is perfect. It says he was perfect. And it says that he was perfected. Perfected as an offering for you. Hebrews 5, 9 says, having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all those obeying him. That's good news. Not accepting this means you believe that Jesus has to do more for you. Jesus didn't do enough for me. He doesn't know. No, that's false. Not accepting this means Jesus has to do more for you. That it just wasn't dying on the cross, being beaten, slain, carrying the cross, all that. Scourged, not enough. That's what you're saying when you can't believe this. But the truth is you've been perfected. Why else would Jesus come if not to make you perfect in God's sight? If you believe and obey the word, you're made perfect in his sight. Hebrews 10, 14, our core scripture, by one single offering, he has perfected forever, forever. Everybody say forever. forever. That means you can't mess it up. Those being sanctified. Forever meaning all time, eternity. Sanctified meaning free from sin, holy, righteous, blameless, good enough. You've been perfected. He's perfected you forever. Everybody say forever. forever. So then, yes, Jesus made you perfect in God's sight, which means you belong. You belong. Colossians tells us that we have rights. We have the right to be called sons and daughters of Christ. You have that right. A perfect God can only accept perfection. You've heard that before, right? And for some of us, that's a hang-up. Like, oh, well, well, that's not me. You had to be perfected. Who came to perfect you? Jesus. Jesus. Aren't you glad God sent Jesus? Yes. So then now remember, we're not made perfect by what we do. It's not about what we do. We're made perfect because of who Jesus is and what he did. Again, it's not what we do. He became a perfect sacrifice. The Bible says he was holy. He was spotless. He was blameless. He was perfect. If you're familiar with the Old Testament, you never, ever, ever made a sacrifice to God unless it was perfect. He had to come. This means we're only perfect in our position. This is a big point. And this is what you're going to walk away from here today with. You are perfect in your position as a son or a daughter. You can stand confident in that and hold fast to it because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. You've been restored to the Father through Jesus. Everybody say amen. amen. So then you're not perfect in your performance or your practice. But you are perfect in your position. Everybody say position. position. The Bible tells us that the law cannot perfect anything. A lot of us like to go to law because it's something to do. It's Old Testament stuff. We live in the New Testament. Jesus came. The, the veil was torn. Here we are. The law cannot perfect anything. If it could, there would be no need for the Son of God to come. There would be no need for Jesus to die for you if the law could perfect you. The law can't. Jesus had to. And so then, it's not about your performance or your practice. It's only by our position, by our position, which is who Jesus made us to be. The Bible says you have the right to be called a son or a daughter. So this is my son, Oscar. Oscar! Oscar! 
And, and in moving here, we've changed our nightly routine quite a bit. And we, there used to be some very pointed questions we would ask our kids before bed. And I walked in Thursday night. Yeah. I walked in there playing Legos Thursday night, and I just spring these questions on them. I haven't asked them in two months because now we circle up at the top of the steps and pray together. It's super unique how we do it now. But there used to be pointed one-on-one conversations every night before bed, and this reminded me I need to get back to that. And so, so then there's some, so I'll ask the kids, uh, what's the best thing you're ever going to be? Yourself. Yourself. <laughs> who, who created you? God. Who saved you? Jesus. Who empowers you to walk in the authority of God? Jesus. Jesus? Mm. You sure? God. <laughs> On the, we're just off the hook this morning. Who gives you the power to walk? Who lets you walk in the power of God? The Spirit. The who Spirit? God's Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Um, who, ex- who, who died for you? Jesus. Jesus. Who accepts you? God. He does. And so then, does it matter who else accepts you? No. Whose opinion of you matters? Uh, God's and that's it. God's and that's it. Who else? Nobody's. Nobody's. That's a huge point. That's a huge point. Whose opinion of you matters? God's. Who else? Nobody. Because what does he battle? Cool. Cool. Man, that's cool. Cool clothes. Cool stuff. Cool other things. Cool. Cool games. And so then, don't get caught up in the opinion of men, right? That's Proverbs 29. Opinion of men will crush you, but God will never leave you. Trust in men. Trust in the Lord, and you'll be saved. Trust in man, you'll fail every time. Right? What else? It's a good job. Thank you. I love you, buddy. And so then the most important thing you're ever going to be is yourself. And that's enough. And the, most, and, and, the, and the only opinion that matters of you is God's. And nobody else. So I made a post and only got one like. Who cares? Who cares? Okay, if you want to get to the, to the root of that, just make your account professional. And you'll see there's like 500 people checking it out. And, and 400 of them are stealing what you're saying and making it their own. Okay? <laughs> And so then here's the application. What do we do? So what do we do with what we learned today? We know that we know why we feel like we don't belong and we know why we do belong. We've been perfected. Matthew 5:48 says then be perfect like your heavenly Father who is perfect. That can be a challenge. Not in what you do, but in who you are. You're going to be perfect in your position. It's who you are. So to do this, I have to shelf I ain't perfect. Cuz you aren't perfect in your performance. You aren't perfect in what you do. You aren't perfect in your practice, the things that you think. You aren't perfect in your disciplines. There are days I don't journal, guys. There are days that I don't worship in the morning. I'm not perfect in my disciplines. But I am perfect in my position as a son of God. And so then, that's where you are. You are perfect in your position. Period. Your action step is very simple. Have a short memory. Have a short memory. Forgive yourself. Good grief, forgive yourself. If Jesus says, I've taken it and thrown as far as the east is from the west or into the sea of forgetfulness, forgive yourself. Stop beating up on yourself. It's over. Paul says, I do not look to the past, but I look ahead towards what God has for me, not where I blew it. Stop living in regret. That'll get you. The reality is this walk in grace. Walk in grace. 
Be who Jesus saved you to be, not who, you, not who or what you think you need to do. Matthew 5, 8 tells you that Jesus made you acceptable to God. There was one single sacrifice that put you in the right position. You accept it. So then you belong because you're perfect in your position. So then you can walk through those doors or any doors with confidence. You're not perfect in what you do, in your performance or your practice. If you only focus on doing and knowing, performance and practice, you're going to feel like you're not enough, and you're going to constantly feel like there is more to do. But if you will trust and believe that Jesus made you perfect in your position, you will find yourself at home everywhere you go. And you won't be embarrassed about, well, these jeans have too many holes in them, which seems to be pretty cool these days. Okay? I'll close with this. It's Hebrews 12, 23. It says, to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. If you call Jesus Savior, your name is in heaven. They call it the book of life. To those, to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven, you have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made. Everybody say it with me. Perfect. Perfect. Jesus already did it. Jesus' blood covers you. God accepts you. God accepts you. Stop wrestling with it. Stop carrying it. Jesus already did. All the way up a hill. And then he hung on it. Today, your perfection is really your willingness to be imperfect and let Jesus do his part. Rest in your position. Be. Be. The scripture said, be perfect. We think that me, we immediately think, I have to go do everything right all the time. No, you don't. You receive Jesus and you let him work through you, in you. You become better, right? Your perfection is really your willingness to be imperfect and let Jesus pick up where you can't because he's the one who makes you sanctified, holy, righteous, perfect in God's sight. You were perfected in Christ. You belong in community because Jesus came. God now sees you through the eyes of his son. You're covered with the blood. You are perfect because that sacrifice was made. You are perfect in your position. It's who you are. Everybody say, it's who I am. It's who I am. Let's say it again now. It's who I am. It's who I am. 